Welcome to Rap in Order, the interrogation of a hip-hop album, where we take some of the culture's most beloved hip-hop albums, put them on the stand, see if they stood the test of time. Now let's see who we got on the stand today. Dun dun. Welcome to another episode of Rap in Order. I'm First Class Reg. I'm Torian B. We're, of course, joined by that of Les guy. Yo, yo. And today we're getting into Vince Staples' FM. It's his third studio album released in 2018. Um, it was released and framed as a radio station kind of takeover with like recurring skits on the album. Um, you got some features from Ty Dolla Sign. You got J-Rock on here. I think Kamaya's on here as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's Kalani. Kalani? Kalani's on here as well. Kalani's on here. And it's short and sweet. It's 11 tracks and a very seamless listen. It has some interesting skits on here. Um, how do we feel about this album? Um, I love this album. Um, I've been a, uh, a fan of Vince Staples since he came in. So yeah, I was like really intrigued by him because pretty much he treats rap like a real life job. Like he's always like has like the same way. He's like, I just want to buy my mama house, get a car and like be able to do shit with the homies, <laughs> as he says. So like, you know, this this project was something that like I was like really looking forward to because um, it was kind of like a metaphor. It was kind of like him trolling us because it was uh, about how most pop music that's black is about us suffering, but it's about but it's about celebration. Like uh, like champion, like like Bone Thugs Crossroads or something like that. Like mm-hmm. it's always like most of the biggest pop songs by black people are songs about suffering. So he was like, all right, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put like these dark ass lyrics over like these happy ass beats, and like just show you like what we're talking about. So like he basically was able to make an album that was an ode to Southern California, Southern fun. But talk about gang banking. Yeah, he's always <laughs> I just thought that was brilliant. He's always been good at um at giving you this California sound, and he doesn't like really go that far from that. Or if he does, you know, the subject matter is a lot different. Um, how'd you feel about it, Danny? Uh, I love this project. Um, I think this is the second project that I got into from Vince Staples. The first one being um Big Fish. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, Big Fish was the one before Big this. Fish Theory. Big Fish yeah, Theory. Big Fish Theory was the one before this that I got into. Um. I think he did an amazing job. It's uh, been said it's kind of like an ode to radio um, hits and kind of very uh, playful. Um, as a person whose only experience in the West Coast was very limited and during COVID, uh, I couldn't, you know, it, it gave me an idea of, it's one of those albums that gives me an idea of what the West Coast life is like. Mm-hmm. Uh I love the fact that he has other artists play into it and add to the uh, radio takeover feel, like with their interludes when he brings uh, Earl Sweatshirt on or when he brings um, Tyga on. Um, and I'm not the biggest Tyga fan, but uh, for those few minutes, Tyga did what he had to do. Um, it, it's very good, and it made me um, realize the potential Vince actually has. And I think uh, as he's gotten closer to it with his album since it's still only a premiere. Like, he has a lot more to go, and yeah. this album completely shows just a glimpse of 
how much further he can go. Let me tell you how much he treats like rapping like a job. This album is 20 minutes long, ladies and gentlemen. Album is 20 minutes long. Um, he's in and out. He got he locked in with Kenny Beats, who is a really dope producer. Um, the first time I heard about Kenny Beats, it was on a Smoke Desert project. And then he went and did a really good project with Denzel Curry. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy because I'm not like the biggest, I don't know a lot about Denzel Curry, but the project that he did with Denzel Curry, I really like. So he's another guy that's only getting better. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. And with this project, I like was just like kind of like blown away, like how, like because he's young, he was born in 90. Mm-hmm. So like you know him being into electric funk like I know that's like a, a California a Southern California staple, but him being so young and still having like ties to it and then knowing to get with Kenny Beats was really smart because Kenny Beats comes from the electro music background mm-hmm. and EDM background so like I just thought that was brilliant for him to do that for this project and it's like funny because like you know I guess like his mom you know probably well obviously not probably grew up in the eighties. And, like, electro music was big for them back then. So it's kind of like, you know, him was just, like, making, like, a song that his mom would like and shit. I just think that's dope. I just think it's dope that, like, he he did that with this project and was able to craft it and, like, really, like, get, get it across. And, like, there aren't, like, wasted bars. And also, seeing him perform live is actually really, really dope, too. I saw him perform live at Coachella, and he performed some of this album. And you don't... I didn't expect for him to perform with so much energy. And and I and I fully understand why Tyler takes him on tour mm-hmm. because yeah, yeah. him and Tyler like it's they have similar energy, and I think that like they just have a vibe and I and I believe that like Vince was in the Odd Future camp. He's kind of the he was at one point late, an right? un, yeah, but he's like more of an unspoken, unofficial associate. Like right, yeah, I don't I didn't mean like like a, the, the the core group, but I mean like he came around and on the back end when shit started getting weird. But like him and Tyler, like kind of like kept like a close. Yeah, I think I think it, it was more that scene of when you had um, Casey Veggies, Tyler. I mean, you had the, all of our Odd Future around, but they were also mixing in with like at the time. Uh, I want to say the TDE guys, also the ASAP Mob guys and the Mac Miller guys, and all part of that whole like Mac Miller House of Fun, where people would just go and record and and feed off of each other's energy. Mm-hmm. That's why when I heard more of the electric route. Uh, he went on this project. I could see. I was like, "Oh, you definitely were around Tyler a lot. You definitely were around Mac a lot because you could tell their musical taste complement each other almost. And it's almost like you know how we are sometimes where we're exchanging music and we try to outdo each other in in just our picks on music. Uh, they kind of have that same camaraderie, and I feel like their music, especially. From 2015 to 2017 and 2018, probably, uh, you know, rest in peace, Mac, because Mac passed in 2018, uh, it, it kind of felt like they all were in an unspoken, friendly competition. Yeah, they were all in that same class. Yeah, that yeah, I yeah. felt we hadn't felt since the 90s in hip-hop, really, you know, um, where it it's their very, friends. Yeah, it was a very different take on it because it wasn't... The take in the 90s that we had was very... Uh, it was more street more hood element to it and like this one was like that later blog era mm-hmm. of of like a this is the hood niggas kids yeah it's like, like um, conglomerates and stuff what's the member's name of our future that's in on jackass that's uh jasper so jas like to me that's like we see jasper's dad and you could tell like jasper's dad is like a hood dude mm-hmm. but like jas like jasper is the child of what the hood dudes 
like their kids, like their kids probably had like better lives than they did. And didn't yeah. have to like really worry about a lot of shit. Like, but they are aware of the gang ties and shit like that. But like they're they're more fun and they're more worldly. Yeah, like, I don't think Jasper's dad will ever be around all of those white guys punch each other in their dicks if if it wasn't for if his son being son. more worldly. Yeah. I mean, also they got on when Jasper if if if. If Earl was 15, Jasper was probably around the same age, 14, 15, yeah. when they first got on. You know, so they were literally kids. We've seen this era literally grow since they were kids, especially mm-hmm. somebody like Earl. Yeah. And they all, they've all been super consistent, too. That's another mm-hmm. thing. Um, but to get into the album off top, you got Feels Like Summer, which is obviously produced by Kenny Beats. Love the feel of this song. Um, love the Ty Dolla Sign feature. Uh and it really sets the tone, like, because, you know, it's already like a summer mood album, even just from the cover. And um, this song, this song is such a feel good song. Like, it, it's just it's just great. And it's produced really well. Yeah, it's a feel good song. Um, Ty Dolla Signs is magnificent. Um, and again, the album starts off with this really good production, but these dark ass lyrics and he's talking about niggas getting shot. <laughs> he's talking about, like, it's just, like, it's very dormant. So it's like when you're breaking it down and you hear his tone, it's like you can't even tell it. Like, let's say you're listening to it in the background and you don't, like, go and, like, read the lyrics. Like, you're not, like, he's he's talking real crip shit on his project. Yeah. And I just think that is mm-hmm. really dope. And he always is, too. Yeah. Well, he, he, he's always on that type of time. Here's the thing. I kind of always felt like there's two sides to summertime uh, for us. It's you could have the Will Smith moment where you're only talking about, but this is summertime. This is what summer is. It's, yeah. This like we say it all. It's, oh, this summer's gonna be hot because we know when it gets to it, that's when beefs tend to uh, start cooking yeah. over. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And he's from Long Beach, California, yeah. so like he's, it's happening over there. He talks about his scope of things a lot. Like yeah. he, you know, he doesn't have he doesn't give the worldly view. He just talks about like the element of like where he's from and I think the way that he draws other people in that aren't necessarily from his area is with the production and with his flow because when you listen to it he's just telling his story about what he's experienced because he's still young mind you but he's talking about his experience where he's from is very like it's closed off but is welcoming with the production and everything else around it yeah um, but it goes into Outside Outside is produced by Kenny Beats another fucking banger son <laughs> alright like him and Kenny Beats, like their chemistry is really really good, right? And I realized that because Kenny Beats, he has a a podcast and a YouTube show called The Cave, mm-hmm. and he has a, he's really popular on Twitch too. Yeah. So yeah. Vince Staples came through, and like basically Vince roasted him for like the first ten minutes of the episode. Then he goes then and while like he's roasting Kenny, Kenny's like making a beat for him. Mm-hmm. And so he goes into the booth, and then like Kenny like does like his 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 tag, and Vince is like, "Oh nigga, you messing me up!" <laughs> like, and then <laughs> and then like he like Kenny's like, "All right, I'm gonna do the countdown for you." And then they do the countdown, and then Vince gets into it and like does this amazing freestyle. And then afterwards says like, "All right, let's go watch Game of Thrones." I never seen that shit, but Shorty over here says she want to watch it, so let's watch Game of Thrones. Can I just you, thought that was dope, like yeah. how they just went in there. Like obviously they edited it up, yeah. but I just like looking at. At that, you could tell, like, they really got with the studio and locked in. 
Yeah. And like was cooking together. It wasn't like he was like emailing him beats or nothing like that. Or like mm-hmm. he got like a beat CD. Like they was crafting shit together. Everybody that works with Kenny Beats always says like how welcoming it is and you always see the chemistry too because I, I used to watch the um the cave a lot. So I saw Doja Cat on there. I've seen like a lot of big artists on there. Rico Nasty, he has great chemistry. Yeah. Yeah, he so, had a project with her too that's dope. You're right. Yeah. Right. So like um he's really good at tapping in and like working with people on the spot. And I don't even think he does the emailing thing too much. I think he works with people in person. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it takes us into um, Don't Get Chipped, which is produced by Q Beats and Kenny Beats. Um, this one gives me a lot of Kendrick vibes. Uh, and then when you listen to, you know, the chorus, it has J-Rock. Yep. So um, I was like, okay, so maybe that's why it reminds me of Kendrick. But Close. even his flow, though, his flow on this track yeah. is kind of, is, is very Kendrick-ish. I love how, how he, he, he's making music with Bloods. I love that. Mm-hmm. That's number one. And then I also really feel like, if this like this song made me think about like how like of a troll he is, right? Because remember when Colin Kaepernick was going through all his shit and Vince Stable was like, yo, Star Spangled Spanner, ban- the Star Spangled Banner don't even slap like that. <laughs> no and then like people was fucking with him so much, he got so much backlash like that he, uh, he made a GoFundMe that said, get off my dick, mm-hmm. and if, if if you get it to $2 million, I'll never <laughs> cool. yeah. That shit was and great, and it didn't it, make it. Yeah, and then he released a song called like, Get Off My Dick. Yeah, yeah. Get Off My Dick. Like, and yeah. I just think like that was so cool, and hearing this song, don't get like you hear it, and it's like, it just, I guess for me, it's just, it's just a mind fuck. Because you hear these songs, and it's just like, with the way that it's going, you could fit in really happy lyrics in there, but they're not. Mm-hmm. I can't get over that shit. You know what's funny? There's something about him. And the way he handles more of his media presence outside of music and then how he approaches music, not quite his music style. Uh, there's a very fuck you-ness about it. Absolutely. That um, it's fuck you, I'm going to do what I want to do and you're going to enjoy it. And I'm going to just be this character and do what I want and say how I feel and just kill whatever I do. There's something about it that's like it's a, it's a gangster version of Beano to me sometimes. Of childish Gambino with how he has he he he's like like they're two sides of a coin of the same coin almost, where it's he's just a little more aggressive and crip with his well, yeah, uh, approach. Because, yeah, I think because he's from Long Beach. I, yeah, I agree with you absolutely. And like his videos are also really good, mm-hmm. and he's highly hyper intelligent. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the times, like even like the things that he talks about being in the music industry, I I highly doubt we'll ever hear about Vince Staples being broke. Yeah, there's also a great um, awareness. To a self-awareness that he has Like there's a recent interview Where he's like uh, He doesn't invite his friends Or anybody to his house Mm -hmm. And Oh yeah 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 But he's like He's like He's like He don't even get Uber Eats Delivered to his house Like he don't invite women To his house So I think things like that Because I love Vince Staples Even outside of the music And a lot of people Are familiar with his stuff Outside of the music Mm -hmm. Like his interviews I mean So like He's a very entertaining guy But I think things like that um, where it's somewhat, I feel like it's somewhat truth and somewhat trolling, mm-hmm. but then also like it's entertainment, but then it just pulls away from people focusing on his music because he's so like a character in his interviews. So like when he has these good interviews, it takes away from his music. When and I think that's interesting because that sucks for him. Yeah, because well, um, I mean, he don't really give a fuck some people that. some people have these great interviews and it fuels like people looking up their catalog, but for him. He has these great interviews and people just focus on those yeah. because they go viral on you Twitter. You know somebody who that does it for? I think every time Kodak Black has an interview, 
he gets a new fan. Yeah, his music. yeah, and yeah. it's interesting because like this album came out in 2018 around the same time he had that interview on um, Coachella with uh, Nadeska mm-hmm. where he talked about R. Kelly. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yo, fuck that. Like, he was like, yeah. And she was like really uncomfortable with him talking uh-huh. about R. Kelly. And that was before that was like a really, really big thing. Mm-hmm. So it was on the brink of that. But that took away all the shine from this project and this doing numbers yeah. and this being really big. Okay. And I, then, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I think in that time period, yeah, for this, whereas I feel like it's the opposite now i feel like who he's been when like for example you hear him on the joe budden podcast randomly Mm -hmm. you'll hear him randomly and like recently he spoke about his relationship with mac i feel like now fast forward it's kind of helped him more i feel it's brought more awareness to him I, i think so because i've gotten asked by more people that aren't more that don't listen as much as we do are they're like Yo, should I listen to this? Yeah, like I think, I think, I think it brings more awareness. Just follow him on social media. I think and, his, like, and like watch his interviews. I don't think more people are listening to it. Yeah, I think more people are getting curious though because his turnaround time now is a lot quicker. Because like he came out with his self-titled album like six, seven months ago, and then mm-hmm. now he has Ramona Park broke my heart that came out like right after. I don't even think it was that long six, seven Probably months ago. Not, I think it's at it most out- three months. Maybe something. Like I feel that. like also trying to get out of that fucking devil. But yeah. he, he came out right after, and both of those albums were really good. So I think he has. He's getting more eyes on him the more he I, releases. With Snoop now at the helm of Def Jam, I'd like to see what him and Snoop can cook up with because uh, if you pay attention to Snoop now, especially Snoop is way more savvy in presentation and uh, development, and where he sees uh, for artist growth. And I think for the character that Vince has with and within and, and inside and outside of his music, somebody having somebody like Snoop around could really help develop you more. I don't know. All due respect to Snoop, but I know that I think Vince is very like keen on his team and his and like what he wants. I don't think he like. I mean, I, I'm 100 percent sure he respects Snoop, but I don't think he really cares to have Snoop's input on anything he does. Yeah, I, I think I think uh, Vince is very like tunnel vision like he knows what he wants out of this shit and i won't be surprised i don't think any of us would be surprised if he just say yeah this is my last album like i'm yeah. out i really like, oh no i, 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 I yeah really i say i completely so i completely wouldn't be surprised if yeah, he did yeah, yeah. but i kind of feel like one like we said he's very intelligent mm-hmm. and i think he's has a sponge kind of characteristic to him that he just absorbs information and I kind of feel like whether or not he stays in Def Jam, just having Snoop in that position at Def Jam till he leaves is something he can stand to grow and learn from. It's ambitious. Okay. Um, well, we'll get into the next one. The next one is Relay. Mm-hmm. Um, Relay. Let me see here. Sorry. Yeah, it's Relay. Yeah. So um, Relay features. It's produced by Hagler. Sorry. And. Um, Another bouncy joint. That, this one is like some the sequence good, is great. Good storytelling on mm-hmm. this part. I like the storytelling on, on this one and basically just talking about motherfuckers committing robberies and taking off. Yeah, over a fucking <laughs> bouncy ass production. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. that leads you into um the skit that he had the interlude rather from yeah. Earl Sweatshirt. Yeah, it it, it there's something you it kind of gives not a good kid mad city vibe um i know we've said this of of other i forgot what the project was but kind of bad kitty bad kid good city vibes if that makes sense bad kid bad city yeah but i feel like we feel that but i feel like this is more so 
a better representation of that by using the whole radio interlude because it's kind of it gives you more of a soundtrack feel like it gives you like there's storytelling without storytelling in it which okay. which um is really great and uh it's not necessarily the sense of oh i'm going to give you a point a to point b it's more i'm going to provide you such vivid imagery that what i'm saying while i'm saying you're going to see it and it's not necessarily i'm giving you a character to, yeah, to follow yeah. throughout but it doesn't so I, so i wouldn't uh compare it to good kid or like yg's release because it doesn't have like that that type of sequence like it's a it's a great sequence album but it's not telling a concise story yeah no no that's why i said soundtrack as opposed to an actual story and and not giving you a character and point a to point b the funny thing to me is is that it's him basically like uh poking fun at like what the radio does right Mm -hmm. but essentially it's a music playlist that he's making but it's just like basically vince like was like yo if i was a program director of this radio station, like this is what the music gonna sound like anyway. It's gonna sound like niggas dying, like somebody got left, somebody got hurt, like just black pain over happy ass beats, and that's what I think it is. So, like, that's yeah, and there's kind of a numbness to it. Yeah, there's a numbness to it because he's telling these darker, like like Torian said, he's telling these darker stories over these beats, and then also they're playing them supposedly on the radio, but everybody is just like dancing, shaking yeah, hands. yeah, big boy on the radio, like this is coming yeah. up next, like it's like a fucking like bizarro world like everybody's they're just delivering these bad things but in these glossed up ways that people can digest them yeah and adding the big boy it's like it's like somebody adding an angie yeah on their uh you know yeah exactly um this like i said it leads into uh the the skit from what an interlude from earl (laughs) which is like a preview of like a new earl song and like he talked about losing his pops on that interlude um very short, very sweet. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys had anything to add to that one. Immaculate. I mean, anytime you hear, Earl, anytime you get to hear Earl rap, it's pretty dope. Um, it, it was just, a, it was just a cool concept. I think the duality of two, the two artists that he chose for his interludes, is very dope. That's mm-hmm. what I really think. Is you know, and I guess I'll, I'll wait to get my full thought after we hit the next interlude. Well, okay. we go to the next interlude. Okay, so the the next song rather is uh, "Run the Bands," which is produced mm-hmm. by Hagler. Gives me this uh this Juicy J type vibe. Yes. yes. Yeah. The chorus and um the beat. I feel like Juicy J would have went off on this shit. Absolutely. I I definitely agree. I I think the best part of this song is it kind of builds up the energy for the next song, which is more of one of my favorite songs mm-hmm. on the album of it. And I definitely feel like it's such a great transition when you come from a serious Earl moment. Mm-hmm. And the way Earl raps is so technical and more, um, I don't want to say lyrical miracle because that's not Earl, but at the same time is, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's a great transition to hear, okay, that's the interlude. And then boom, we go into this that has this bop, but now we're really going to get into it in the next one. Okay. So, uh, so into the next one is fun. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it's a lot of what you talked about, but fun for me is, um, I don't know at this point, like when I listen to it, I see why. Have you guys seen the criticism of of Vince being like using the same type of production or sounding like he uses raps on the same type of beats? Yeah, I've seen that, um, and I, I get it. But I think that's just like his comfort zone, and it's cliche because we said it a bunch of times. But I just think he really don't give a fuck. Like when you like he he says like the hook of the song. What is it? We don't want to fuck nothing up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's just like I think he just really 
don't give a fuck. Like, he has, I think he has, like, a goal in mind, like, a, a, something to achieve, and, like, he's out. Like, he, he says it multiple times, like, my only job is to keep my sanity in this business. Yeah. I feel like he... I feel like and this uh, one features rather, sorry, and this one features E forty. Mm-hmm. Yes, which was great too, and I, I think added to the tone of it. Um, but the biggest thing I think about Vince is, I don't think Vince makes music for anybody but Vince. I think Vince makes the music he would enjoy to hear, and we're just happen to be lucky that we enjoy it as well. And that's how he feels is like, yo, y'all gonna like what I do because yeah. I like what I do, and, and y'all that, gotta deal with that's it. That's why a lot of his music is so central. Mm-hmm. Like it's so like based in where he's from. Um, but I like this song. I like I like this song, song album. But I do mm-hmm. feel like I do feel like um I would love to see Vince work with other producers and and I'm curious to see what his sound would be like if he was with Pharrell. Um, imagine him with Pharrell making an album. I would Tyler love to we'll slap shit out of this. Damn it. Why did, that's the what I wanted to say yeah, just now. It was Tyler. <laughs> Tyler oh, is oh, who yeah. I want to see. Tyler, entire Tyler, project. That'd be, that'd be great. That'd be amazing. Or even um, even even just just other people like I'd love to hear I'll Mellow Hype or Left Tyler Brain produce for us. Like, no. Yeah, I think I think um Don't play me cuz. I think I think Vince, <laughs> I think Vince and Tyler would be amazing. I mean, I'm sure they got some shit brewing because they, you know, they just they finished this tour they, together. They tour, yeah, so um, but yeah, so fun is followed by no bleeding. <laughs> How we what we think? Um, I think that this is a dope collaboration. Isn't the feature on this one? Isn't it? Um, um, J Rock. No, no, this is Kamaya, isn't it? No, Ooh, not, no, Kamaya. Yeah, I'm Kamaya. sorry. Yeah. The feature on this one is coming. I'm sorry, I had a brain fart. My mm-hmm. Kamaya. So I think it's dope how like pretty much like you know how Vince Staples says like "cuz" a lot, mm-hmm. and then like Kamaya comes on and like her first verse is like you know basically talking like a blood right, mm-hmm. like what's bracken like you yeah. know what I'm saying. So I think that that was dope because that they're not supposed to be on a song yeah, together. Yeah, the union. Have um, have you noticed the transitions in the song also kind of seem like different areas yeah, of California? Yeah, but it's it's right after you do the E forty song too. Yeah. You're gonna have, then placement. we're gonna get into that the placement, placement of yeah. this. It sounds like not only a radio station. It also sounds like you're driving through, mm-hmm. you know, the different counties or different cities in California. Um, that's a that's a really good point out. Um. I really enjoy Kamaya. I think Kamaya is like one of the most underrated of, in the game. She's so fucking underrated. Her melodies are so great. Uh, I believe she came out. She came out a mixtape that I love. I think it was called Good, Good Kid of the Ghetto or something like that. I forget. I forget the exact name. But Kamaya is amazing. If y'all listening, if y'all haven't checked her out, um, so No Bleeding is followed up by the Tiger Skit. Oh, yes. Okay, so I'm on record not being a Tyga fan, Mm -hmm. but also admitting Tyga stays with a hit, and Tyga knows where to be Tyga. Mm -hmm. This is one of those, yo, Tyga just had to be Tyga, not even overly, because what, it it sounds like the intro to a track, really, like Mm -hmm. like the track's about to begin and then cuts off, Mm -hmm. but because I understand the sound Tyga brings and how... West Coast it is, why it fits right into where it is on here. Yeah. And and that like as much as I'm not the biggest Tiger fan, he really is very good at knowing what to hits. do yeah. and radio hits and where to get in. And that leads to what T was about to say about uh the whole interludes things and the dynamic between the two different uh interludes he had. Yeah, it's, it's a duality of kids of their generation from California. 
So you have someone like Tiger who is kind of like the popular kid, right? Like that was probably the popular kid in high school, probably was known, probably met a lot of girls go go and hang out with the Kardashians, going to the hills and shit like that, right? Then you have the kid like Earl who probably, you know, hung out on Venice Beach, learned how to skateboard and stuff like that, like black music, but also like, you know, rock music. And still, why am I hanging out with the Jenners and the Kardashians? <laughs> right? But like they all want they, they all got their they're different ways, but like they they all end up wind up being friends with the genders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but it's just a duality, you know, uh, of it. Like from like how the kids are. Like one is an introvert, one is an extrovert, and it's just these two cool. Like I just think their personalities are so, they contrast so much, but it just was so dope to like bring them together. And I just I just and the fact that Vince has worked with both of them is dope too. Like, yeah, shows his versatility. Agreed. Yeah. Um. So this one is followed by another skit. Um. The it's the number five six two four five three nine three eight two. Right. So that's a you know that's to call the station up. And mm-hmm. the funny thing is, is that um, before the project came out, he he put up something on Twitter with that number for like his fans, and they couldn't figure it out. They were like, "What the fuck is this?" But it was like you could call it, and it would be Vince talking. Oh, that's the. <laughs> I, did you did you try and figure out the four the seven V na- famous people with V names in seven seconds? I yeah, I did try to think about it, and so I thought. I always try to wonder too though outside of that like why he put this on here like is he trying to strive to be one of those names that people think of in his city or like because he you know the premise obviously is big boy like challenging somebody to to think yeah to think about um, what you know if they can name seven people that start with a with a V and then dude named Vanessa Williams and like couldn't think or whatever but like I was like yo like why did he why did he put this on here? Like, why is he... Is he trying to... I think it's to make the point of, look at it, no matter how far he's come, he's still not the first seven names you think of, mm-hmm. of famous people with yeah, a V, and yeah. you're listening to his project. Right. You know? And I think... But I, but I think also, it's as to why Vince isn't as big as Vince could be so far. It's because Vince doesn't give a fuck. And I think that that skit proves it. Yo, I don't care if you guys consider me famous or not i'm gonna do what i do i'm gonna make my money i'm smart enough to know how to make my my money and live and continue to keep my sanity he's i don't even think he's getting get out he's like yo i'm here i'm gonna make my bread i'm gonna do it my way not worry about you guys and that's all i have to worry about i don't need this famous shit i don't need this extra shit because you're right i thought about it right away i was like well why didn't anybody just say vince Yeah. yeah yeah um so the album concludes with Tweakin. Tweakin is produced by Kilogram and Kenny Beats. So this song, um, I, did you guys hear the song that he has with Mac Miller called Guns N' Roses? Mm-hmm. So this reminds me of that song. It's, it mm-hmm. reminds, it's like very reminiscent, and um, it made me think about this song. And my my the, my this my mental discography of Mac Miller songs isn't that like vast because like, I've listened to his entire projects. And then, like, just take it, like, as a collection. But, like, that song stood out to me a lot. So when I heard it, I was like, oh, shit. Like, this makes me think of that. And uh, I don't know. It just, it just does. It give me those vibes. Mm-hmm. I think um, when he does that, it's with purpose. Um, I think when he goes back and speaks about what Mac means to him and what Mac meant to his career, you can kind of see how much, no, he really did influence Vince for the long term. Like, Vince credits his career popping off and where he's at just because Mac took him on tour. 
because Mac convinced him, yo, I can actually do something with this music thing. And to speak in their camaraderie, I feel like all those artists that used to do the um, Mac sessions have all come out, you know, like, and, and just had nothing but praise in the similar light. It's like, yo, I didn't see things this way until, you know, I went and go to hang out with Mac mm-hmm. from Anderson Pack, you know, the Black Hippie crew, um, Tyler, all of them. Like, everybody was like, wait. Why is Mac mentioned on, um, was it not No Interviews, uh, where Kendrick started calling Uh, everybody out? uh, Control. Like, I think a lot of people up until that point had truly slept on what Mac meant to the music scene. Because he's white. Yeah, yeah. People don't ever give white white rappers a chance. I think they do. I think it. I mean, Jack Harlow's getting a chance. No, he's not not according to Reggie's cousin. (laughs) Yeah, but he's... That's that's one thing. He's he's definitely getting a chance. Yeah, I feel he's like here. I, f- I, I love Jack Harlow, but according to Reggie's cousin, Jack Harlow's music is just okay. I hope listening to this without Val. Oh, your you, your big cousin? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah you're wrong. Don't <laughs> don't be tall for nothing like your cousin. Shut the fuck up with that, please. Anyway, so we cap off the album. Um, Eleven tracks, short and sweet, right? Mm-hmm. Um, takes us in a lot of different areas, all within Long Beach and different avenues of Cali. Um, how do we feel about this album? Start with you, Danny. I love this project. I love that it's 22 minutes. I love that it feels like a simple playlist. I love that it's featuring only West Coast artists uh, from different regions. Um, I love that it starts very hook heavy and middle hook heavy and end hook heavy but there's still those moments where he's just going off where it's not necessarily uh about the hook um i love that it starts off with the r&b feature kind of with a uh, ty dolla sign and then ends with the kalani r&b feature because that makes it feel way more radio friendly than anything and the fact that we still probably would never hear this any of these songs regularly on the radio if we're not on the west coast yeah and what's your rating um i give it a four out of five Okay. All right. So I really, really, really love this album, and I really, really love Ben Staples. I give this album a three and a half out of five. The reason why I give it a three and a half out of five is because even though it's a conceptual project, and I'm a sucker for conceptual projects, a lot of the song, like like some of the songs, are identical. Like as far as like the subject matter, like so it's like he's getting a point across, and I think that's why the project is so short. Why it's 22 minutes and maybe it should have been an EP, but for that, like, I lo- it loses points with me. So it's kind of like, all right, he's kind of telling the same story. Maybe it's maybe same stories in the same day or some shit like that. But that's like what like takes it there for me. That doesn't mean that I don't enjoy this album like tremendously. Um, the funny thing is, is when I reviewed this album when it came out on fkbonline.com, ladies and gentlemen, check it out. I did give it a four out of five waffles, but listening to it now. I kind of realized, like, okay, there was something that was missing here, and it kind of left me wanting more. So, like, that's why I knocked it down a notch. Quick question. Do you think that's purpose to make a statement about the stat, uh, the stature of radio or how radio structured at this point, that he specifically made songs that sounded the same, started it off with an R&B hook, ended it with an R&B hook, and maybe it's part of the whole concept altogether? I'm 100% sure that's why he did it, but that's why I still give it 3.5. Okay, just for you, it didn't. Like he's making it an album, and I was, like, you know, I'm, I'm like, Okay. Give me more. Um, I think for me, I'm gonna go with a three and a half too. Uh, I don't hold it. I don't hold that much against it with um, the sound being so similar and being the same like throughout. I think he. I like that he leans into that. 
Um, I like that he's mastered his flow and his production and the kind of artist that he is. I just want Vince to um, go on forward. I just want him to lean into getting more experimental, actually, as much as I like this. I just want to hear him with other production. But I think this worked for him. I just don't... Uh, there are a lot of things on here that, that get a little repetitive, especially with... You know, it gets a little challenging that he works with Kenny Beats throughout because a lot of the songs bleed into each other in a way that I don't think was intended. Agreed. Agreed. So three and a half for me, four for you, right? Mm -hmm. Three and a half for you. Mm -hmm. All right, so mm -hmm. we can conclude with that. I'm yeah, First Class right. Reg. I'm Tori and B. We out of here. Peace. Peace.